Hey guys, Amir Ryder here, CEO of CloudTask. I'm here with Juan Bencourt, a uh, good friend, partner, client. Uh, we've been working together for about five months now. Me and Juan met at Unbound in Miami, right? I think that's correct. Yep. So, you know, when we first met Juan, uh, you know, I was running CloudTask organization as the sales guy, right? I was spearheading all sales. Um, and over the last six months, I pulled back into training and, and recruitment uh, and success. And We've been fortunate enough to use your platform, um, which is which is an amazing technology. We'll talk about it. But before I get into that, I kind of wanted to start off with the why, right? Um, you know, you know, why did you take over human intelligence? Um, maybe you could tell our audience a little bit about, about that, uh, who you're trying to help, and and that kind of story. Yeah. So I had a long career in as an operator, as an executive with companies like Procter Gamble, Reebok, Puma, uh, in Europe, a company called Decathlon, which is a $120 billion sports manufacturer and retailer. So I had all these different experiences also in software. And there was a challenge that I always saw, which is around uh, the culture of companies, no matter what country I worked in, um, companies trying to align the people they had in the culture to, to achieve their mission goals, uh, there's always a misalignment. And it seemed like hiring uh, was based on really on what, who people like, not on, on data. And so when this technology came out and I saw it, I thought I gotta be part of that. So I, I was the largest investor and I took over the company um, to really deliver on this promise of being able to give companies the ability to A, measure the culture of their company, team by team, group by group, uh, to line it for every one of those to what the mission is, and then B, to be able to recruit for that best fit. Um, and with that, you end up getting a culture of intention, not a culture by default. Uh, you get better leadership, you get better engagement throughout your company, uh, side by side, subordinate manager, manager subordinate, um, and you, you get better performance. And so that's why I took it over and turned it around. Now, those are, those are all the points that you're, you're helping leaders like us um, increase company culture and lower churn and all those great stats. But I think it's also a good point to bring up that I think times are changing, right? I'm like, we, we, we used to be an era where you worked for a Procter & Gamble or, you know, these big Boeing organizations and you worked there for life, right? And that's changing, right? And millennials are looking for different things now. So how do you see uh, human intelligence helping leaders attract millennials because like, we don't have data right like I like like we know that they want different things um, we know that they're leaving faster we know unemployment's at three percent so how is this helping leaders combat that change in in just the high not even the culture of your company but the the culture of how people work for organizations yeah, so millennials are a different breed and then the generations after them are even more different. And so what our platform does, it allows a company to understand the pockets of culture by demographics. So a company now can identify a competency model for leadership for people who are 40 and up my generation, for instance, a different competency model based on the culture psychology of millennials, of Gen Zs, and they can now start to manage and hire for each of those different models of culture at each level of the company and not just continually try to um, use what's worked in the past uh, for management, for culture, because that's going to change now with each generation that comes in. And our tool gives the data-driven insights as to how do you manage those millennials? And within millennials, 
who would fit in our company culture and who would not. Um, and so you start to really get the nuance of, of culture by different groups, whether it be uh, nationalities, ethnicities, or demographic and age. Um, that's all things that our tool gives insights to. And, and at the end of the day, millennials change jobs every 1.2 years. Okay, and that's a horrible cancer for society, for companies, for parents, and even for the millennial. I've never met a millennial who wants to change jobs every 1.2 years. Our tool allows millennials to find a, a mission and purpose uh, that's aligned to who they are so that they're happier earlier in their careers. And that's great for the companies and for them and leads to more engagement and productivity. No, I agree. And it gets worse than that. You know, you're talking about stats at 1.2 years. I hate to say this, but um, unemployment is 3%. Like when you actually talk to, to companies, I have spoken to organizations that have had account executives work for three months. They're not even up bar. They're not the best. They're, they're okay. They're good. And they're getting poached right away from the company next door. So I yeah, think with, that, this, with this economy, it's probably, those numbers are probably getting even worse. Yeah, yeah. I, think they're, I think they're getting worse. And it, that is extremely costly for an organization. I, you know, I read a stat somewhere that um, even replacing an employee uh, is equivalent to the full-time salary of that employment, right? And I, and I don't think people are taking that into account, um, especially when they budget for software, right? Because in my opinion, because this is me, like I'm, you know, not only we're talking about it, we're, we're leaders, I understand it, but I'm also, I'm also a customer of your product, right? And, and at first I was, um, you know, first it's like, I need an ATS, I need to recruit. Um, and you're creating, a, a, you know, it does that too, but you're creating a, a, a new category almost, right? It's like a new category about culture. And, and people, you know, they, they have the budget for um, lead generation, for, for demand gen, for marketing, but they don't really understand the cost, the effect of culture. And, and I get it now. I understand it now. So to me, it's like, you know, when I first started six months ago, I was like, eh, it's a little bit of a stretch. Now I'm like, it saves me money. It saves me time. And, and, and you know, do you think that um, there's enough education out there uh, for people leaders regarding this topic? Like, are they educated on the true cost? Of yeah, great question. Yeah, two points. One, to finish the millennial question, and then I'll jump into that question. Um, uh, on the millennials, another way this tool or platform we use is um, often if somebody doesn't fit with a team or a leader, okay, they quit that company, they quit that boss, right, even more so than the job. That's what they Our say. tool allows, allows you to move people within your organization to a boss that they will engage better with and a team that they will fit in with. So now it's no longer a binary, did this person work out or not in this role or this team? Our tool can help you move people people, millennials or any generation type of employee, to a team or a leader relationship that would work. Because that, that relation between boss and it often is the reason people stay or go. And this tool allows you to find that new home for people who aren't working out, especially for millennials. Now, your other question regarding, you know, the marketplace and are they ready for it? Is there a budget for it in terms of companies? I think of crossing the chasm where a third of companies get it. They have budget for it and they want to spend on it. Okay, a third, they don't have the budget yet, but they get it, and it's kind of in the pipeline on the roadmap, and they say, hey, call us in June, we're going to be able to spend then. And then there's a third that just don't get it. They, they, they still are focused on using software only to automate processes. Mm -hmm. That is the most base way of applying software. And sure, it leads to productivity gains and scale, but the biggest value add for an organization is to put software in place that guarantees longevity in your employees, more engaged employees, 
um, and, and the ability to align culture to your mission. That's the big value. And, and we are educating the marketplace and they are starting to get it. And, and people are seeing human intelligence as the culture software and they start to understand what that means. Okay, it means a lot to us, right? Because, you know, we got, we grew fast. Uh, Cloud has zero to 150 employees. And, uh, you know, when you're growing that quickly, you don't take a look back at what got you there. Um, we're now kind of slowing things down. So we are, we were saying to ourselves, you know, our culture got us here, right? Um, but and what, also, yeah. what you're about to say, so for startups, technology startups that grow really quickly, the culture from zero to 50 employees is a very creative, innovative, let's see what, figure it out. Yeah. Once you get to like 100 employees and two or three million in revenue, the culture actually should change and you don't want to keep the same culture. You might want to put more structure, more process, have people who are a little more deliberate and not just change focus all the time because too much change when you're scaling a business actually could put a drag on the lift. And so also our product is great and CEOs are learning um, that as they grow their companies through different phases, they might necessitate a different culture, maybe not different values, but definitely different behaviors and work styles in different parts of the company as they grow. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And another thing to add, because I'm, I'm facing this myself, is that when you're smaller, people can feel the culture from you, right? Yes. It, it, it right. comes from your energy. You walk it, you smile, the way you, right? Like, right? you are the culture. Yeah, you are in the same room every day with those people, but yeah. then you're in five offices, 20 offices. You're not even seeing employees that are N minus two levels below you anymore. Yeah, and you don't like, for me, like, like putting the culture on the walls wasn't even an afterthought, right? Now it's like, how fast can we get our mission statement? How fast can we get a culture? We need to put it everywhere. Brings me back to the technology point is because, you know, you need a system now to, you can't go off that feeling and culture and make, you actually right. need a technology you that... Yeah. You need a system to manage your culture. 100%. Because it's, you just can't, you can't, you can't, you know, like we're, we're going to go from 150 employees this year to probably 300. Um, we can't, we can no longer use that same even hiring culture anymore, right? Um, and we're looking at your technology now and it's giving us good data because the more information you're putting in it, the more consistency you find. Oh, right. And also you start to learn about performance, like which are our salespeople who perform, 100%. right? You get a hundred people doing the same role and they're all being trained and they all have the same access to the same technologies. Well, the only difference between the high performers in that role and the low performers is the psychology of those people. And to look at 28 variables across behaviors, values, and work styles, you can then identify the culture of performance in a high volume role like your salespeople. 100%. And then you also be able to maybe even fit the culture of your salespeople to the culture of your clients. And so you can then tell your clients, hey, we actually don't just outsource your sales. We will have people and hire people that fit to the culture of your team. So give us uh, 20 or 30 people that are successful in your organization, and we will map that culture to the people that we hire for you. So that's a whole other level of where your culture is now aligned with your clients or customer base. It's so important. It's every, like we, we, we are giving out the exams to the people we're working with because there are people who want people that are – you know, friendly to like, 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 and then there's people that want number driven people. Right. And if you put that mix match, you're going to get friction. Right. Yep. So it's like, like, who are you? What, what matters to you? And we match those people. So it's, that's an amazing point um, that you just made. And another thing, you know, it's interesting. I, I, you know, I found that my, my personality culture, is not necessarily a perfect match for my team. Right. There's, there's different, I have different 
goals and different sets, different pressures than they do. Um, and I noticed that sometimes I was talking to people and I, I talked to them about, you know, making more money and this, and then you look at their profile and like, that's not important to them. You know, making a, a, like a social impact is important to them. And so it also teaches you who you're talking to because, you know, you as a leader, you're not going to have every personality, right? We don't just adapt right. to what we talk to, but it gives you insight um, because I got to tell you like a few Three words, the wrong words go the wrong way. We'll rub the wrong people the wrong way. They're like, I, I was here for this, but he thinks I'm here for that, right? We're not aligned, right? So I've, I've, what I've done now is I've printed out all the um, personalities and I have a book. And when I do one-on-ones, I talk to people. I remind myself who I'm talking to, right? Because yeah. I can't just be a mirror to everybody, right? I'm going 100 miles per hour. My priorities are X, Y, Z. There, so it's, it's been really great in connecting with people and also – um, another big thing is too is like I thought right I thought that managers and their team should be a matching personality but what I found out I, I had a company called Factor Eight uh, an amazing training company come that we're also partners with as well and they were saying and I showed them the technology they loved it right um, and they were saying that like look if your manager's a fit score of thirty three percent with his team but their complementary scores. That's great. better because yes. teach them stuff because if they're the same people, they're high-fiving each other all the time about the same things, but they're not helping each other. Right. right. So one of the things, one of the things our tool falls as well is a lot of people just, they think hiring for fit means hiring someone I like. The reality is, uh, and, and Harvard Business Review has two articles uh, last year that came out about this. Uh, uh, it's all about th that leads to cascading thought and lack of problem solving. If everyone's like the leader and everybody's the same, you actually don't become a problem solving and you don't optimize performance. And so it's actually good to have compliments between the leader and the subordinates and even within the team in certain roles and certain groups. And so kind of having a culture of diversity of thought is something else that our tool can lead to uh, as you manage and hire people into teams and organizations. Um, and that's, that's really important for, for, um, for problem solving and, have, and leading to the best performance. So leading to another question that just came to mind, because this is the things that I'm actually thinking about, right? With a growing company, a company with law, because obviously this data becomes, you know, you're a five-person company and you're going to stay a five-person company for 10 years. It might not be a good fit for you, right? Correct. Uh, if you're a company like CloudTask that's doubling its workforce, every year probably a good fit um, yes good leaders like myself um, who've already made investments in technology like yours consider actually a unique HR position that's just specific for um, running human intelligence and I'm almost thinking about that uh, that woman in billions the psychologist who's like you know she's part of the company and she's you know what I'm talking about I forgot her name um, oh, the TV show Billions? Yeah, and they have a psychologist for, for Axe Capital, right? Um, do you almost see that it's kind of creating almost um, a new position, or have you seen that in, in with your customers and partners? So it's interesting you say that. So HR, a lot of the chief HR officers, which they're called CHROs, they're they're morphing and saying that they're no longer CHROs. They're changing their title to be chief people officer, chief happiness officer, um, uh, and so. It's probably going to still sit within HR, but um, I do see one day uh, being a chief psychology officer or a chief culture officer. Um, there are a few chief culture officers we've met, but again, that chief culture officer, chief happiness officer, um, chief people officer, I would say it's only 10% of companies. You still have 90% that aren't uh, willing to, to move completely to that to signal yeah. to the organization, but, but it is coming. Um, to understand the psychology of your organization is going to become the most important thing and the biggest competitive advantage a company has because 
the products, assets, processes are all going to go to no competitive advantage. Everyone will have and be able to access all of that with capital. Yeah. The only difference between success and failure at companies will be the people and how you understand, connect, communicate, and engage them. And that is psychology. And if you can put psychology into a software to understand and, and, and literally infuse kind of the singularity concept, but as an organization, infuse psychology and connect that organism and the psychology of the organism to the missions and the goals of the company, that will be the companies that succeed in the future and human intelligence is at the forefront of that convergence. Yeah, yeah, and, and our organization's changed, right? You know, I think for, for the most part, we were helping Series A, Series B software companies uh, that want to go from 500 million to broad spectrum, obviously, but that kind of that ballpark. But what I, what I, what I learned is now that I'm, you know, going into the enterprise, um, I, I had a, um, a meeting last week on site with a big uh, enterprise telecommunication company, and the conversation was not, um, can you sell? Can you do it? The conversation was, you know, I have three BPOs or, or growth centers like yours. Tell me about your culture. Tell me about your constant training and development. So it's, it, it's, it blew my mind. Cause I'm like, Oh, well, well, like this is a whole different talk. You know, I actually yeah. had to stop the meeting and call my team who has worked with Uber and 7,000 employees. I'm like, guys, like, you know, I got the company here with my, my ex experience. I'm going to bring on my team. Um, we showed human intelligence part of the demo and it, it actually became for us, um, and I love when that happens. I love when a functional operational tool is a marketing tool, but it is because people are like, that's what they've, they've seen churn. They've worked with companies like mine where like the churn rates have gone up because they've changed. They're like, are you ahead of this? You know, like, are, are you investing into your culture? Are you like everybody else? Right. So, um, for us actually turned into well, yeah part of our sales process for enterprise. Yeah, and, and what you just alluded to, that client, what they were describing as, you know, the conversation turned to culture. Well, all the research shows um, that predictive performance, right, or is someone or a team or a group of people going to succeed or not? It's actually 30% predicated on their resume, what they've done in their life, their job experience, years experience, title level, education, smarts. That's only 30%. 70% of success, predictive success, has been proven to be the EQ, the self-awareness, do I know myself, and how do I work with others in the form uh, and the framework of do I fit with the culture where I'm working or not? Because you can take the top performing salesperson from Coca-Cola Take them to Pepsi, same job, same territory. They could fail miserably and vice versa. The top consultant from Bain consulting to McKinsey uh, and fail miserably and vice versa. It's not so much what you've done in your resume, what you find on LinkedIn. It's really about how you fit. Um, and that's what you find on human intelligence. Yeah. And one of the things that I like the most is that the actual test takes 12 minutes and the reports are detailed and accurate. So um, you've also made it very easy for people to access this data. Um, Look, we can talk about this subject for a long time, and we will. What's next for human intelligence? Well, we, we've expanded from a B2B platform also to a business to consumer where we have a free assessment, the same one, a little shorter, 10 minutes, for young people in high school and college to take the 10-minute version, and it'll map to uh, 20 million people psych psychometric profiles with the government database, and it'll tell them what jobs and careers that they'd be happiest and most engaged in so they can leave by the time they're university seniors uh, and actually work in a field and in an industry that they love, and so they can go to to humanintelligence.io and download that app. Um, and that's just 
the next step. Eventually, we're going to become the outsourced platform for all self-development. Every human will have a portal, the human intelligence portal, where they develop their hard skills, soft skills, spiritual skills, whatever someone needs to learn on their journey in life. It's going to be an on-demand, pay-as-you-go um, platform with ratings kind of like TripAdvisor for whatever category so that people can manage their own development wherever they are on their path in every area of self-development. That's kind of the big picture future vision. It's amazing. And I hope to support you on that journey with feedback and just heading in the right direction. Um, going to ask you a random question. Let's, let's, what, what is one fact about you that our audience wouldn't know? A random fact. I know you're full of stories and so give us a random fact. Nobody knows. I know I'll put you on the spot, Juan, but you can handle this. I'm not worried about you. Let's see a random fact. Um, I'll give you. It's too many. Okay, random fact. So um, I used to meet with Malcolm Gladwell, the guy who wrote the book, The Tipping Point in New York City. And I showed him my address book on a spreadsheet, which I've been keeping since I was seven years old, first by hand, then when Excel came out, I transferred it all. And so I, I used to write to people all over the world that I met, and, and um, I got it to like, I think 30,000 people, and this is before the internet. And I used to write 500 people a week, postcards by wow. hand. And so Malcolm Gladwell, little known fact that at least he said about me is that I'm a human being that knows more people on the planet than anyone else on the planet. So I'm quote unquote, as per Malcolm Gladwell, the most connected human being on the planet at a function, exponential function. And not in terms of just quantity, but also in terms of quality. And that's probably what amazed him the most. That's a pretty random fact about me. Yeah, no, listen, it's been a pleasure meeting you in general and having you in my network. Um, you know, you're somebody I could turn to for business advice, personal advice, life advice, which is amazing. Um, and it's, it's fitting that you're running a cultural organization. So um, thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for, for talking to the audience today. Um, you mentioned human your, your, your website, but how can people find you if they just want to talk about, if they want to add, if they want to be the 30,000 plus one in your address book and get some uh, notes, how can people find you to connect with you? Yeah, on LinkedIn, I have my, my email there, my phone. Feel free to reach out. Love connecting with other human beings and uh, uh, vibrating a lighter, higher vibration uh, and moving the ball forward for humanity. And, and, and you know, Amir, likewise, great to have you as a friend, uh, a colleague, a professional. Uh, I learn a ton from you every time we talk. So thanks for this time as well. Appreciate it, man. We will talk soon and uh, we'll, we'll put out some more good content to help the community um, hire better, retain better, and, and build better cultures. Thanks again, man. And uh, we will talk soon. Take care. Okay. Cheers. Bye.